Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. Praise God. Uh, I started, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, ministering on uh, the prophetic word that Chuck Pierce gave at Trinity Fellowship at the beginning of the year at Zion. And uh, I have some things that I want to show you about that again this morning. But I wanted to just take a minute and encourage you and remind you, uh, we're a prophetic people. And all a prophetic word is, all prophecy is, is a promise for the future. I said a few weeks ago that really the only book that dares try to predict the future is the Bible, okay? And God has staked his reputation and and his name on it. And all a prophecy is is a promise. Listen, I know that when I die, I know that when my spirit leaves my body, I know I'm gonna go to heaven because I believe the word of God and the word of God says that I will. And that's a promise for my future. My mother and my father are buried in Amarillo, Texas, but they're there temporarily because the scripture says there's gonna be a day that they're gonna be raised from mortality to immortality, right? And that they're gonna be like Jesus, all right, and they're there temporarily. Okay, that's a promise for the future. And that's what prophecy is. It's a promise for the future. Listen, you and I have a future. You have a future. Your family has a future. And so when we were at Trinity and we listened to Chuck Pierce, he uh, talked about the future. Everything that he talked about lines up with the word of God. And uh, so I've been talking about some of those things. And I, I just want to encourage you. Listen, wherever you're at in your life, whatever you're facing, you have a future. Okay, and uh, it's been one of my life verses for years. Uh, when I first came into Christianity and became a believer, I found Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and it's been one of my life verses for, literally for decades. That God has a plan for me. God has a plan for you, and it's a good plan. Joe McGee, who's a good friend of mine, who's going to be here coming up, says God has a plan for you, and it's a stinking good plan, and uh, I love that. And so I have a future, and you have a future. So I want you to be encouraged this morning, whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're dealing with, and you think, you know, one of the biggest lies of darkness is this, things will never change. It is one of the biggest lies the enemy wants to perpetrate on you and your family that things will never change. Things will never get better. Whatever it is, okay, whatever it is in your life that you think, uh, man, this needs to change. And the enemy's right there to tell you it's never going to change. It's never going to get better, whatever that may be. And so uh, it's not true. We have a future. So let let me share with you the next thing that was stirring in me that Chuck Pierce said. And, and before I share it with you, I just want to say this. He talks about this. He's talked about this every year for years. And you say, well, why does he talk about it every year? Because I believe by the Spirit of God that it's, it's important and it matters to God. Here's what he said, that you and I need to know our identity and we need to know our inheritance. We need to know our identity. We need to know our inheritance. Listen, I pray uh, in Ephesians and Colossians. There's an Ephesians prayer and a Colossians prayer. Excuse me. And I pray that prayer 
over each one of you. Okay, if you're a member of Tully Christian Fellowship, if you're here and you feel like this is your church home, the Ephesians and Colossians prayer is prayed over you every single week. And in that prayer is a prayer that you would know who you are and you would know what belongs to you. Now, I believe that that is one of the most critical life-altering truths inside the kingdom of God, inside the body of Christ. You see, if you can understand who you are in Christ, if you can understand what belongs to you, if you can understand what family you're a part of, if you can understand your identity, it, it's, well, it changed my life. It changed me from being a saved sinner and a churchgoer. It changed me from that into being a son. And that changes everything. So he said that God wants you to know your identity and your inheritance. Now I want to read to you out of Romans 8, 15. Romans 8, 15, I'm going to read through 17. And this is New King James. Listen to what it says. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Now, another translation says sons. So you could put in sons, you could put in daughters. All right, listen to it again. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children or the sons of God. And if children are sons, then heirs. And if I'm an heir of God, I'm a joint heir with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, there's a lot of truth in that, that I could preach on that the rest of the service. I could preach on it for weeks. But what I'd like for you to see this morning is it says that you and I have been given the spirit of sonship, the spirit Spirit of daughtership, and I say it all the time, we didn't inherit the pew, we didn't inherit the chair, we've inherited the kingdom. Now, just for a minute, we have all different levels of identity, all of us, okay? We have family identity, okay? Uh, if you're married, you have identity within that family, Okay, I grew up, my last name is Gray, and I grew up with an identity. I'm a Gray. Uh, you may be a Birkenfeld, you may be a Schulte, you may be a Ramirez, you may be a Harkins. Every one of us have an identity. We could go around this room, and you have a family identity. Okay, that's one of the things that's so hard. If you're here and you've been through divorce, or you've lost a mate to death, it's hard on your identity, because that family unit that you had doesn't exist anymore, particularly in divorce. If you go through divorce, you have to gain a new sense of identity because the family you were part of doesn't exist anymore. When my father passed away, I've said this before in my life, when my father passed away, in a lot of ways, our family died. Okay, my dad died physically. We buried him in Amarillo, Texas, but my mother went home and collapsed emotionally in the chair and she died emotionally. She died in a lot of other ways. And so I lost my father and I lost my mother and we quit going on vacation. We quit doing all the things that we used to do. Now, my mother was 42. Okay, I'm 18 years old. Everything that we had done up to that time, uh, it was over, it was done. We, we, we lost it all. All right, so what happens? Well, then I had to go and find a new sense of identity. I had to go and find out who I was. And here's where I went. I went to the Word of God, not because I was smart and knew to do it. I went and did it because God drew me and God ministered to me. Now, listen very carefully and don't miss this. If you will put your identity in Christ, if you'll take time to read the Bible, and see, don't read it as a rule book. 
Don't read it as a book of guidelines, but read it, if you will, as a book of inheritance. Every time you read the New Testament, you're finding out who you are, and I begin to build my identity in the Word of God. Listen, that can never be taken away from me. It can't be taken away from me in this life, and it can't be taken away from me in the next life. Now, listen, I'm pastor of Tulia Christian Fellowship, and I've been pastor here for 32 years, and it's been such an honor and such a privilege to pastor here, and I'm so humbled and so grateful that you would get up and get dressed and show up here on Sunday morning and listen to Rusty Gray. Listen, I've been told my whole life to shut up. Okay, seriously, I've been told my whole life, right? I've been told my whole life to use your inside voice. I've been told my whole life, can you just be quiet? Okay, I've been told my whole life, you're like a bull in a china closet, and you know the rest of that story, right? Okay, what you don't on, you break, right? Okay, all right, I've been told that my whole life, and it so humbles me and honors me that you would show up and 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 that we would do what we do. But listen, there's going to be a day that I'm not going to be pastor of Tulia Christian Fellowship. I'm not going to be. Now, if I've built my whole identity around that, I'm in trouble. Are you with me? Okay, anything you build your identity around that you can lose or that's going to change, very quickly you get in trouble. But if you build your identity in Christ, you find out who you are. Listen, you know what I know this morning? I know I'm loved. Has there ever been a time in your life where you weren't chosen or picked? We talked, we did early prayer this morning. You ever remember in elementary or junior high, right, right? Well, I'll take Rusty if I have to. Dear God, right? You remember those days, right? Now, you may not have been that person, okay? You may have been the person that got picked first. I don't know. But if you've ever, now, here's what else I know. Uh, one of the hardest things to go through in life is rejection. If, if you're here this morning and you've been divorced, you know what rejection feels like. All right, if you've not been picked before, you've been passed over at a job, or you've been passed over for promotion, you know what that feels like, and it's painful, and it hurts. Listen, you build your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. You find out who you are. Can I, just, can I just help you? If you'll read the Gospels, the Gospels will show you who Jesus is. And Jesus told the disciples that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so you will see the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ when you read the Gospels. If you'll read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is about the birth of the church and what God did to birth the church. And uh, a couple of very simple things happened in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit came down and the believers went out. And it's, it's very practical. Then you get past the book of Acts and you get over into Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. You read the whole rest of the Bible up to the book of Revelation. You know what happens every time you read it? You know what you do? You find out who you are. You find out who you are. You find out what belongs to you. You find out what you've inherited. Listen, it'll change your life. Instead of your idea, you know, I've, I mean, I ha, I'm a man, so I have an identity in that. Okay, I'm a pastor, I have an identity in that. I'm a husband, I have an identity in that. I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. We all have different kinds of identities, but when you find out who you are in Christ, it changes all that. It changes all of that. So every time you read your Bible, you put on your glasses and say, man, I'm going to dig into this book and I'm going to find out who I am and what belongs to me. It's a book of inheritance. Do you remember 
I think it was one summer I preached on and I had a manila envelope and I filled it with paper and I pretended like that it was something that you had inherited. Okay, that's what the, now my Bible's on the iPad, but that's exactly what the word of God is. It's your inheritance. So when you read it, you find out who you are. And what did he say? Uh, Chuck Pierce said, you need to know your identity and you need to know your inheritance. Here's the second thing he said, is that the warfare in your life is against your identity. It's against your identity. Y'all remember when Jesus went into the wilderness? I know you do. And uh, the devil met him after 40 days of fasting. And what did he do? Well, he attacked his identity. Now, let me explain something to you that you may know this, you may not know this. Okay, Jesus and the devil knew each other. Okay, they knew each other. Okay, Jesus was there when Lucifer was created and the angels formed his armor. When the angels formed his armor and Lucifer was created, Jesus was there and he was a part of that creation. In fact, the word of God says he created him. Now, let me say something to you. You may not have heard this. Uh, The devil and Jesus are not brothers. Okay, okay. One is the creator and one is the created. Are you with me? Okay, I've heard people say that, well, they were brothers. No, they were never brothers, but they knew each other. All right, now, Jesus looked different than what the devil was used to because he had on that nasty flesh and it hadn't been bathed in 40 days and he hadn't had anything to eat and he didn't look too good and he was kind of dirty and his hair was kind of matted and when he showed up, he was like, good Lord, what have you been doing? Then here's what he said, if you're the son of God. He knew he was the son of God. He knew it. He wanted to know if he knew it. All right, that's where the devil's going to attack you. He's going to question your identity. He's going to attack you in your identity. Every movie you've seen in the last 20 years is about identity. Kurt and I not very long ago went and saw Aquaman. You may not care a thing about Aquaman. I don't care if you do or you don't. The movie's about identity. That's what the movie's about. It's about identity. All right, that's where the enemy, if you'll go and watch those movies with that in mind, if you'll go see Aquaman and sit through it and think, my God, how does Pastor watch this stuff and just look for identity, you'll be amazed. Star Wars is about identity. Okay, Indiana Jones is about identity. Uh, Lord of the Rings is, is about, all those movies are about identity. And then they're about the hurts in your life and the things that you've been through. Okay, the enemy wants to attack you in your identity. When you hear that voice in your life that says, who do you think you are? For years and years and years and years and years, I would sit across the street in my office. And I just had this fear on me that somebody was going to walk in the door. And they were going to point their finger at me. And they were going to say, I know who you are. Who do you think you are? You, what are you doing trying to be a preacher? That's identity. Anytime I would counsel, the whole time I would counsel people that would come in for counseling, hey, pastor, can I talk to you? I would hear this voice in my head the whole time they were talking, and that voice was, oh, you're pretending like you're a psychologist. Oh, you're playing like you know something. Isn't that silly? They think you know something. You and I both know you don't know anything. That's identity. Are you with me? All right, so the enemy wants to attack you in your identity. 
And so you want to find out who you are and what belongs to you. Here's the third thing he said, and this is, this is amazing. And you're going to not think it's very amazing because you've heard it already. He said that uh, you're supposed to put your foot on the enemy's head. All right. Terry Stegall, Delhart, Texas, New Life Church. Remember when he was here? Okay, and what did he say? He said that the Lord told him to take his big old foot and put his foot down in his life, and anywhere he put his foot down, the devil couldn't. Do you remember he told us there's no neutral ground? There's no Switzerland in the spirit realm. Either Jesus is Lord over your house or the devil is Lord over your house. There's no middle ground. Jesus is either Lord over Tulia or the devil is Lord over Tulia. There's no middle ground. Are you with me? Okay, and he said, you got to put your foot down. Richard Humphreys came a couple of three weeks later, and he said the very same thing. We went to Trinity Fellowship, and we heard Chuck Pierce, and darn if he didn't say the very same thing. I mean, these guys need to get a little more creative, don't you think? I mean, come on. They said what? They said, you need to put your foot down. What does that mean? It means you take your authority. Devil, you're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have my children. You're not going to have my grandchildren. I put my foot down in the name of Jesus. You remember as a parent when you've done that, you put your foot down, right? You know, you remember growing up as a kid, you'd always end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you were the straw that broke the camel's back. I would get the worst whippings in my life, you know, when I was just at the wrong place. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would push my dad and push my dad and push my dad and push my dad. And he'd be coming around the corner as I was socking my brother in the nose. And I got a whipping for the last 10 things I did. Y'all ever had one of those whippings? Yeah. You know, for the last 10 things I did. It wasn't for that one thing. It was the last 10 things. And he would do his very best to whip the devil out of me. Right? You, you remember those? Okay. You remember those? All right. That's exactly what you need to do in your life. You need to finally get sick and tired of the devil. You need to get sick and tired of darkness. You need to get sick and tired of what's going on in your life and put your foot down and say, devil, you can't have this. Let me read to you in Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10. Listen to what it says. It says, finally, don't you love that? Finally, finally, my brethren. In other words, when you get a belly full, when you get a belly full, when you finally get tired, you finally have had enough. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the attacks of the devil. Go ahead and decide to put your foot down. All right, here's the next thing he said. I love this one. He said, big mistakes don't stop God. Big mistakes. You ever got anybody in here got some big mistakes in their life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Bebo does. I mean, my gosh, right, right behind him is Newt. I mean, my, let's just go down to these four guys right here. I mean, I don't have to say everybody's name, right? All the way back to the back row. My Lord. I mean, there's five mistakes just right here, man. I mean, right. And you can put me in the empty chair right down there, okay? Oh my gosh. Have y'all ever? Yeah. And then we'll add Jay, okay, and Bernie, right? I was in Arkansas this week, and I saw some of Bernie's family there. <laughs> I, I swear I did, okay? Now, I know most of them don't live there, but I know I saw some, amen? Okay, we've all made mistakes. Listen, you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to tell you it's too late, but your big mistakes don't stop God. God is a redeemer. God is a deliverer. God is a God of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. God is a healer. God is a restorer, 
And he wants to take that that I've messed up in my life and he wants to heal it, to restore it, to fix it. And he's done it in my life time and time and time again. I know he's done it in many of your lives and he wants to continue to do it. I want you to be encouraged. Big mistakes don't stop your God. All right, here's the next thing. (coughs) Excuse me, and this goes back to inheritance. All right, can I just read them to you? Know your identity and your inheritance Warfare is against your identity and your inheritance. The next thing he said is is to ask for your inheritance. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Ask for your inheritance. When you find something in the word of God that belongs to you, don't be afraid to say, hey God, I want that in my life. You know, when you find out that God loves you and he's not mad at you, And he's for you and not against you. Father, I thank you that I have the reality in my life that I'm loved. I have the reality in my life that I know you're for me and not against me. You've chosen me. I might not have gotten chosen in the third grade. I might not have got chosen in high school, but I've been chosen by you. And Father, I thank you that's a reality in my life. Ask for what belongs to you. Ask for your inheritance. Now, here's the last one. I got a couple of minutes. I love this one. There is stability in the house of God. There is stability in the house of God. Now, I just got through doing, how many weeks did I teach on that? The house of God. I taught on it for weeks. And I believe it was by the Spirit of God. This is the house of healing. This is the house of hope. This is the house of deliverance, right? Remember me teaching on that? This is the house of God. This is the altar of God. And there's stability here. What does that mean? That means there's not a lot of stability in our culture. There's not a lot of stability in the world. There's not a lot of stability sometimes in our jobs. But when you show up in this place, your heart and your soul and your mind get infused with stability and with strength. I want to read to you out of Psalms 122. Psalms 122, I'm going to read verse 1, and then I'm going to read verses 8 and verse 9. There's stability in the house of God. Listen to what it says. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I've heard that verse ever since I was a kid. And Kim, I'm just thinking about you. I don't know why, but I can remember they would quote that verse as a kid. I'd be in church. And you know what I would think? This is the last place I want to be. I didn't want to be in the house of God. As a kid, all right, as a kid, all right? And I can always think about that verse. It said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. And when I would go into church or into the house of God with my parents, the only thing I could think of was how quick are they gonna get done and let me out of here? How fast is this gonna go by? I can remember that. All right, some of you may remember the same way. But now at this stage in my life, I thank God my parents took me to church. I thank God my parents made me go to school. You know what I'm saying? That they didn't say, well, if you don't want to go, you don't have to. See, I didn't grow up like that. Listen, you never, you never go wrong bringing your children to church. You never go wrong bringing your grandchildren to church. This is the house of stability, and God will strengthen you. Listen to it. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Then at the end of that chapter, verse 8 and 9, it says, For the sake of my brothers and companions, I will now say, Peace be with you because of the house of the Lord our God. I will seek your good. Listen to it again. He said, because of my brothers, because of my companions, I will now say, peace be within you because of the house of the Lord. 
when you come in this place, you get stability and you get peace for whatever it is you're facing. You see, I'm being infused with peace today. I'm being infused with stability and so are you. Listen, you never make a mistake being in the house of God. Never, never, never do you make a mistake being in the house of God. Because it's the house of hope. It's the house of healing. It's the house of deliverance. It's the house of wholeness. Whatever it is you need, God is here to meet that need. And Chuck Pierce said, there is stability in the house of God. Amen? Amen. All right, y'all stand up and let me pray for you. It is 10 o'clock and I'm out of time. For those of you that didn't want to be here, we're done. Amen. Praise God. Father, we love you. Lord, I'm thankful for your house. I'm thankful for your altar. I'm thankful for who we are, that we have an inheritance, that we have an identity in you, that you're our father, we're your sons and daughters. Father God, I pray grace, I pray life, I pray strength over each one of us this morning. As we go from this place, we have a new sense of stability. We have a new sense of peace. We have a new sense of hope. Father God, to face our mountains, to face our situations, to face our lives. Father, I'm thankful for it this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love y'all. Y'all going to be blessed. Thanks for being here.